All our lives, we're programmed from buying into other people's beliefs and limiting views of the world, and then we make them our own truths. Extraordinary Life Podcast is here to offer new perspectives that serve you and obliterate the ones that don't. Are you going to let other people's limits hold you back from your extraordinary life? Hey, Jennifer Merrifield here. Welcome back. This is episode 20 of Extraordinary Life Podcast. Do you ever wonder what truth is? Or like, what is the meaning of the word right? I'm doing like little quotes in the air here with my fingers. And don't worry, I'm not going to get all heavy on you today about the meaning of life or anything like that. But if you choose to accept, I just want to offer some, let's call it thought exploration. (laughs) I remember being about 11 years old, the first time I had one of those existential type of conversations there were a bunch of us and we were in the ravine near my house. We used to have um, little adventures down there. It was all overgrown with a little creek, uh, like a little stream. And there was a huge steel tunnel underneath the train tracks that we would run through. Sometimes we climbed up and put pennies on the tracks to get them flattened when the trains went by. Oh my God, does that sound like an old person comment? When I was a kid, we had pennies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anyway, so this one day we were walking along the little stream and someone said something like, why are we even here? And of course, being 11, my response was like, uh, to get the frogs. (laughs) It actually ended up being a really cool conversation. You know, from our preteen level, we contemplated life and existence and do frogs have emotions And since that day, I was always super curious about it all and and what was right and what was truth. And over the years, the meaning changed in definition quite a few times from, well, right must be according to what your parents say. But then again, priests, well, they seem pretty powerful, so it must be what religion says is right. But then again, what about the law? Well, the law has say over everyone, so the law must be the ultimate truth and what's right. But it was confusing because each of those three very influential entities, so to speak, didn't necessarily match each other on what they said was right. And with each of them, I kept seeing contradictions in their actions versus their words that showed that there were times when bending of the rules were somehow justified. And it just left me even more puzzled. How do you decide? Like, what's the rule for breaking the rules? What's the rule for who gets to break the rules or who who gets to have the rules broken for them? And of course, I saw examples of breaking the rules that just didn't seem appropriately justified. You know, was there even one truth for every question that could ever be asked? No, not that I could see. But I don't really think that that's the best question to ask here today. I mean, we all have internal measuring systems, otherwise known as judgment, which isn't all bad. You know, we make judgments every moment of every day. What feels like the right thing to do, the right thing to say, the right thing to eat, you know, all those things. Um, There are things in certain moments that we justify bending the rules on. We all do it. And things we truly in the moment believe, believe, believe that we simply just would not ever do. But add some new information, bring on some different circumstances, or have some new life experience, and those hard truths can change. I mean, even innocent ones, like, I remember being a kid and saying, like, ooh, gross, I would never (laughs) kiss a boy. New experience, new belief, yeah, it happened. You know, what about being an adult and saying, I would never lie to my children? 
But then we do so to keep certain magical traditions alive, wink, wink, you know, new belief, it's totally justified, right? I think most of us can see the reasoning there. And what about more extreme examples like causing harm in the act of protection, though, self-protection, protecting someone else, new circumstances, new belief. So what if we simply considered that our individual personal truths, the things we believe are right, don't have to mean that the ones that are different are automatically wrong. Have you seen that meme where there's two people standing across from one another and there's a number painted on the ground and the caption reads something like, truth is simply perception. So one guy sees a number six from where he's standing and the other guy, obviously facing the other end of it, sees a nine. Well, who's right? From their individual perspectives, they both are. It's all just perception. It's always about perception, about perspective. If we all saw life exactly the same way, we'd all have the exact exact same beliefs, but we don't. So that just shows us that there can be as many different believed truths of what's right and wrong as there are different perceptions. We're not going to battle every single one of them. So why don't we get an empowerment tool out of this? How we ask the question makes all the difference. So notice what happens when we ask the question two different ways. And let's use these two guys from the meme with the number painted on the ground. If we ask them each, what is this number? Think of that question, what is this number? It's like implying there's only one truth or only one right answer. And of course, nobody wants to be wrong. If we're led to believe there's only one answer and we're really sure of what our answer is, we're going to defend that belief. Especially if the other person gives an answer that just seems absurd compared to what we can see with our very own eyes. Now, consider what feels different if we ask the question differently. What if we ask them, what number do you see from your perspective? Do you see where I'm going with this? It's subtle, but it makes a really important shift. As soon as we personalize the question with your perspective, we're now implying that there may be other possibilities, other acceptable possibilities. If they now answered by saying, and imagine doing this in your own life, if you answered a question to someone who was being, you know, um, argumentative, and if you said, the way I see it from my perspective is this, doesn't that sound more open, a little less defensive or competitive? So, okay, think of a time that you had a conversation with someone uh, who had a different opinion, and it turned into like an all-out argument. One of those where it's like, I'm right, listen to me, you're wrong, you're not hearing me, you know, maybe some bad words in there, uh, snarly faces, voices getting louder, um, you know, one or both of you being kind of stubborn, emotions, all that kind of stuff. Think of one of those arguments from your life and just hold it in your mind for a minute. When we argue, it's because we want to be heard. Simple. We feel we need the other person to know our truth, what we truly believe is right according to us. When we argue, we defend, and defending stops it from being a conversation, and it becomes a battle. It's coming from a perception that there's only one right answer, as if saying, I need you to understand me. I need you to know I'm right. It's completely blocking any other possibilities.
So if we use the tool we just talked about, our goal now becomes us versus just me, which is very egocentric, as in help me to understand you. Let's understand each other. So imagine in the argument that you had that you were just thinking about, how acknowledged would you feel if instead of the other person saying, listen to me, I'm right, you're not hearing me, all that kind of stuff, which feels like an attack, right? And like a a block from, from hearing you. What if instead they said, I can see that we have different opinions here and I want you to understand me, but I also want to understand you. Tell me from your perspective, why do you see it that way? Wouldn't that feel nice? It feels nice because it's acknowledgement. It feels so good to be heard and to want to be heard, right? It feels so good when someone wants to understand us. And acknowledgement doesn't always mean I agree with you, but it does mean I care enough to want to hear you. Now here's the part that you may not want to hear, but it's the part that will set you free. You cannot make someone hear you or understand you, or even acknowledge you. What you can do is be that for someone else. I know it's not fair. If you do it for them, they should do it for you too, right? Well, actually, no, not really, because that's a truth that leaves your happiness in someone else's hands. As soon as you say they should fill in the blank, you're looking for external validation. You're coming from a victim mentality. Only you are responsible and in control of your own happiness. You get to decide what you need and how to fulfill that for yourself. When we be the example of how we wish to be treated, we teach people how to give that to us. When we consistently show up that way, we get the same in return. If we're needy and controlling and expecting people to make us happy, What kind of people do you think would even respond to that? If you're feeling confident and self-assured, you don't need to be told you're right. There's no need to engage in verbal battles with people to justify your opinions and beliefs unless you're seeking external validation. So part one is to open your heart and mind to accepting the fact that people have different perspectives on what's right and to seek to understand why that's acknowledgement for both of you. The second part of this tool will help you receive the same in return and it's about boundaries because understanding and accepting is not being a pushover. So be the example of listening and acknowledging and then when you share your own perspective, do it without judgment Keep your voice tone and body language in mind in terms of softening and appearing non-threatening in your stance and in your facial experience uh, expressions. And if the other person gets aggressive with words or behaviors, don't mirror that back. Stay calm, stay controlled, and use statements like, if we can't speak civilly, I'm going to leave. Or uh, you could say, I want to hear you, but not if you use that language. Or you could say, I understand you're upset, but I won't accept this behavior. And yes, I'm using the word but on purpose here. This is having boundaries instead of battling to be right. We teach people how to treat us by what we allow. It's an example of what we believe is right and what is truth for us. 
So if what we say and what we do don't match, people are going to believe what we do as what we actually mean, not just the words that we're saying if the action doesn't match. So have awareness of what you're putting out there. Um, You know, you get to be who and how you want to be in every single moment. Bottom line, the meaning of right is individual to each of us and it can change any time. Think of it. When you shift from needing to be heard to giving, acknowledging, and seeking to understand other people's views, think of all the possibilities that you get to give yourself for greater human connection and personal happiness. Isn't that worth it? I believe in you. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, this is Jennifer Merrifield, personal excellence mentor and coach, wishing you an extraordinary day.